if you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more, cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system, it's the golf betting system podcast. Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 205. This is our 2022 Masters Tournament Tips Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our Augusta National Thoughts and Selections. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. For total clarity, we've already recorded this podcast, but I didn't press the microphone record button. So these two have probably got the right hump with me. Right. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews. We've got a Masters Strokes Gained Cheat Sheet, which is well worth looking at this week. Tournament form statistics and our Masters Predictor model. You can use all of this information and this podcast. It's all completely free of charge with no paywall. We're available on Twitter. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel, where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Many hundreds of you also listen to this podcast on the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to that channel. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. I requested last week and on Friday in their research podcast for a Masters-specific review, and we got a few, and here's the one that won, entitled Mullets Are a Must, Five Stars. Great podcast with a casual yet golf intellectual approach to finding trends to assist the listener into a winner. I have provided a five-star rating on the basis that the podcast crew commit to a Cameron Smith-style mullet should the aforementioned win the 2022 Masters. That's from Bocky, and Bocky is in Adelaide in Oz. Thank you for your review, Bocky. Are we are we going to um, go for some kind of mullet haircut when Cameron Smith wins this week? As long as we don't start a trend here, because what if we have to go down the uh, Stuart Sink haircut route if he wins the uh, Open Championship, for instance? But what if we ended up with an Eric Van Royen moustache? <laughs> I mean, like, oh, that is all time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I can grow one, Barry. Are you, two, are you two talking to me after the debacle over the last hour? Oh, it's all in the past, though, don't worry. You made such a mess of it as well. It was a terrible podcast. So It was, like, it was a crap <laughs> podcast, and this one's starting so much better. So... <laughs> Right, we're not going to talk about last week, which is what we always do, because it's the Masters, and who cares about the Valero Texas Open? Right, okay, what I wanted to mention at the top of the show is we get thousands of new listeners to the podcast for the majors, especially for the Masters, so welcome to you guys. You're probably occasional golf bettors. What I will say is, rather than this being a one-off episode, 
kind of affair, why don't you subscribe to the show? Why don't you actually follow us for a little bit longer? We basically run this Golf Betting System podcast. We record every week for both the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, which is the old European Tour. So we're on our 205th episode. So why don't you join us for the ride? Come along with the Golf Betting System podcast and uh, you know, just get into your golf betting a little bit more because um, once you're into it, you find it crazily uh, fulfilling, I find. Right. Let's talk 2022 Masters. Uh, we, I, I know that you guys have got some uh, some takes and some tips. Clearly, I have as well. What we'll do is we always um, we we pull together research podcasts prior to the actual tips podcast. So we did a podcast on Friday, which went into all of the trends, all of the course details, all of the information that helped to shape our thinking for this week's tips. So. If I were you guys, go and review that if you haven't listened to it already, because there's a lot of information in there that you can take on board, and just that'll help you potentially shape the angles of attack that you're going to have. However, I will surmise, uh, Augusta National, par 72, 7,510 yards on the scorecard. It's been extended. Five of the holes feature water. The fairways are overseeded perennial rye grass with a Bermuda grass base. The first cut, again, overseeded perennial rye grass with Bermuda grass. The greens, 6,500 square feet. They feature A1 pen bent grass. They can get them up to an incredible 14 stimp metre reading. And from what I was hearing yesterday, they were pretty firm and fast from various... Um, players that were coming off the course. I think the difference this year, there are two differences. We are going to see a little bit extra distance. Um, They've added 30 yards to the course. Uh, They've added distance to the 11th, which is a par four down the hill. Uh, The start uh, as, as they move into the famous 12th and 13th holes there, the par three and then the par five. They've added 20, uh, They've added 15 yards there. They've repositioned the tee. They've taken a lot of the trees away on the right. They've created like a tree island as well. Because Max Homer was saying in a recording I watched that he's actually been the other side of this tree island just to see what kind of shot you've got into the green from over there. They've extended the fairway out there. They've taken the first cut away. They've also extended the par 515 Firethorn which is really a hole that um, you can see some very critical changes on the back nine on Sunday because it's an eagle hole, effectively, if you get if you play it right. Or you can end up in the water. So you get a lot of changes on the leaderboard there. Um, that's the course, in effect. But this year's all about the weather because I think we're going to see conditions that aren't typical at Augusta. I'm going to press the refresh button because something might have changed since the last hour. No, no, not a lot's changed. Um, It's due to rain this afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, local time at Augusta. They reckon it's a high high percentage rainfall from about 2 o'clock right through to 8, 9 o'clock. So the course is going to get a dousing today. There's also a threat of rain on Wednesday 
when I say rain, I mean thunderstorms. So the par three contest might be in trouble. And that threat of thunder and rain rumbles, do you like that? Rumbles all the way through to 5, 6 a.m. on Thursday tournament day as they're teeing off. So in my mind, Thursday, when we start watching this, we're going to see soft fairways with very little, if no run whatsoever. And we're going to see softer greens. Which, in a normal year, would mean that the big guns can come out and start shooting 65s. So I remember Charlie Hoffman doing that one year, first round leader. Yeah, and take it a, really soft, doesn't he? Exactly. And take apart a very soft course. Now, at this point, let me be clear as well. From that point onwards on Thursday early morning, when they're prepping the course, the final preps for the first round, there will be no rain for the rest of the tournament. So that is the softest we're going to see this course moving forward, which is great for the weekend. But what we are going to see is a consistent, I wouldn't even use the terminology nagging, I would use the terminology strong wind from the west. So on Windfinder, I'm using Augusta Daniel Field as my weather station. I am seeing up to 26 miles an hour gusts on Thursday, 21 degrees Celsius in terms of the temperature. Friday, 16 degrees Celsius it tops out at. I'm seeing 30 mile an hour gusts. Saturday, tw uh, 13 degrees Celsius, and it's gusting up to 25 miles an hour late in the afternoon on Saturday. Then on Sunday, the wind disappears, but you just know that that course is going to be <laughs> fiery and crusty mm. by Sunday. Yeah, it's cold Sunday morning as well. Look at that, four degrees when they're starting off on uh, Sunday morning. The mitts will be out. Mitt alert. Mitt alert. Mitt alert. Yeah, you've seen Saturday as well. You're absolutely bob on, Paul. Those early starters, saw eight, nine, five degrees Celsius. Yep. So let yeah, me get this yeah. straight. They're going to be playing a golf course that plays close to 7,900 yards, the early starters on Saturday, and it's going to have an air temperature of about five to seven degrees centigrade. <laughs> oh, my God. From this, and you can disagree with me, chaps, of course, I think this is going to be a single-digit winning score this year. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Technical. It feels like it, doesn't it? I mean, they, they can control the course. We know they can control the scoring of the course with the sub-air and the, the way that they set it up, but um, they can't control the elements as you've just described there. And It is going to be relatively soft on the fairways, at least, to start with. Um, it is going to be windy. It is going to be cold. It's, um, it's going to create an element of um i don't know not confusion probably not the right word but um it's it's going to require you know the kind of hardy players who can play these mixed condition type of events and adapt to the days as they come along if we were sitting here recording the Open Championship podcast, we'd be rubbing our hands saying oh this is <laughs> proper Open Championship weather here guys this is going to be a test. A lot of the a lot of these PGA Tour guys will be on their private jets on Friday. They won't be interested. 
The the beauty of Augusta is as well that the topography of the land, the fact that a lot some of these holes are exposed, some of these holes are down in the valley. I think it's going to put a real premium on knowledge of the golf course, but not even that, knowledge of how the wind swirls and plays. I think caddying this week could be very, very important. Mm. Yep, yep. Certainly going to create some indecision and uh, uh, yeah, some complexity for the for the week by the looks of it. I'll say one one more thing, and then we'll move to Barry's thoughts on this. For me, this reminds me exactly of twenty seventeen. Sergio Garcia winning in a playoff from. Justin Rose, who I was on, of course. Seven under got both of those into a playoff. And when I check all of my records, it was very, very windy for the opening 36 round the holes, sorry. But the golf course was soft. Then the wind disappeared Saturday and Sunday, and the course got faster and faster and faster. But by then, of course, when you're playing on a course on the Sunday where the greens are up to Augusta National Speed releasing and it's just difficult anyway, clearly they couldn't really make any inroads. So it was seven under, got to the playoff. Now, we're expecting even more win this year. So I don't know if we're going to get to Danny Willett five under. But I tell you what, I think I think seven, eight under, I think you're going to have a very competitive score this week. What do you think, Barrett? Yeah, it certainly feels like a week where you need an awful lot of patience um, hitting to smart parts of the course um, and, and having and not being tempted and suckered into it because that's where the, the <coughs> I think it'll be the big mistakes here that like completely uh, eject you from the tournament. Um, uh, it's, it's all, it's par as your friend this week. Take, you know, maybe take, take your birdies when they arrive, but if you can really avoid the, the the runs of bogeys or the the doubles and triples, obviously doubles and triples are catastrophic around here, um, as we know. But I think an awful lot of patience is required. Uh, a mature head and a mature caddy. Hmm. It's great. I mean, I, I think this, this this is going to be fascinating watching them play in the wind. It really like when that thing is swirling around and like ripping through a valley of trees or, or funneling down. It's there's going to be shots they hit where they're not going to feel the wind, but as the wind comes around the corner, it hits their ball. It's going to be, it's going to be chaotic, absolutely terrifying when you're watching your guy play the the threatening holes. Uh, but um, truly compelling viewing, I think, is ahead of us. Paul mentioned this on the first podcast that I didn't record. Um, he said that. On Firethorn, just using that as an example, the fifteenth there that they've extended by another fifteen yards. A lot of a lot of the shorter hitters, even some of the bigger guys, are going to be going in with woods <laughs> because that's going to be playing. Because you've done some work on this, haven't you, Paul? That's going to be playing into the teeth of this westerly wind, isn't it? The f- par five fifteenth. Yeah, it looks that way, and you've you got the extra yardage on the cor- on the hole as well, and and of course that's you know if you don't get your drive away or if you get blocked out by the trees on the fifteenth, then you're struggling anyway. Um, and uh, do you, you want to be going in there? Do you think it's going to be a three-shotter for virtually all the field? 
well, but then that's no picnic either, is it? You know, how many times have we seen the ball spin off the front of that green, mm. you know, into the water? Um, it's it's a treacherous hole if you get it wrong. If you get it right, it's a, it's an eagle opportunity. And, uh, you know, in, in conditions that allow you to get your drive away and you can be attacking it with an iron uh, down the hill, all well and good. But, um, yeah, th- that westerly, if it's blowing straight into the faces of the players, which is what it would suggest at the moment, given the forecast... Um, then the lengthened hole is going to play longer still. And yeah, anything not perfect with your drive is going to create some indecision. And I think it's that indecision. I think that's going to be the thing, you know, going back to Barry's point about the wind swirling around and feeling it on some holes and not others, etc. Um, that's going to be the bit that's, um, that, that creates a fascinating tournament because players are going to have to make decisions that um, are going to be going to be right or wrong. Um, lots of crosswinds as well. Yeah, a lot of ah. players squ- squirming as they're a bit of deciding on a shot. I mean, that was Steve another thing you mentioned. To- Sorry, Barry. That was another thing you mentioned yesterday, wasn't it? The fact that on a lot of these holes, this this Westley actually becomes a crosswind. Mm. Thirteen was one that I looked at where they're trying to shape the ball right to left round the corner. Well, that right to left shape is directly westerly, effectively. So if the wind's going to be trying to take the ball to the right, not to the left, the shape of the hole. Yeah. Wow. There's just a lot of challenging shots there for the first three days with that. If that wind direction maintains and holds a bit of strength, uh, it's. Let me go back to 15 quickly. You're just your wedge, a wedge shot into the wind there is good because it holds it up, but it's, it makes it even easier to spin it back off the green. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially on the first two days when those greens are going to be a little bit soft because of the rain previous. Yeah. Mm. So that might that might force the guys into going at it in two, even if it is a 240-yard three-wood or 250-yard three-wood because the, 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 the appetite to hit a wedge shot into that when the, you're into the wind and the green is uh, receptive and you know it's going to spin... <laughs> It's not. That's no picnic either. <laughs> no, no. It's, uh, yeah, there could be a, quite a few balls in that uh, in the water there this week. We're not mind readers on this podcast, but what we can assure you, listeners, is this is going to be a this is going to be a masters that's going to be entertaining and kind of yeah, slightly different to what we usually see. I think it does feel very twenty seventeen to me. And just the beauty of it is that course from the first shot onwards is just going to be firming and drying and getting friskier as we move towards the real meat and drink of the tournament on the Saturday and the Sunday. It's going to be great stuff. Right. So that's the course. That's the weather as we see it. We're recording this Tuesday morning over here in the UK and Ireland because Barry's in the Republic of Ireland. Right, okay. Let's, before we start getting into players and selections, mention a couple of bookmakers. Because, as ever, it's the first major of 2022. And we're seeing a lot of the big names pulling out all the stops to try and get your bets this year. Just let's highlight some different angles of attack for you. There's three that I want to bring to the party, really. The first one is Boyle Sports. They have gone a, a a record eleven places each way. How many in the field this year, Paul? Do you do you, do you know? Offhand? Ninety-one when uh, JJ Spawn made it in on Sunday. 
91 players, short field. They're playing 11 places of 50 odds. So they'll be there. Yes, so clearly you won't be getting the best odds on players, but you are getting 11 places of 50 odds with Boyle Sports. We have a golf betting system, and we've been mentioning Boyle Sports for time and memorial on this podcast because effectively they've offered the most additional each-way spots going way back to 2020. So um, if you haven't got a Boyle Sports account and you're a regular golf punter, you're really missing out. We have two deals on the Golf Betting System website, one for those of you in England, Scotland and Wales, and another one for those of you in the Republic or Northern Ireland. So go and check them out. They're, they're on my um, preview piece, which the link is in the description box. So you'll see the new customer offer 18 plus for Boyle Sports. Second bookmaker, William Hill. I think they've done a good job this year. They are nine places each way of 50 odds, but they are doing a guaranteed best price on the top 10 in the market, which when you look at the betting this year, um, is pretty amazing stuff in terms of, the bookmakers can't split most of the top 10 or 12 in the market to a certain extent. So anyway, if you fancy some of the big names, you can grab nine places each way and market best price with William Hill. Again, there is a William Hill bet £10, get £30 in free bets offer at Golf Betting System, which is over and above what you get if you go directly to William Hill. So check that out on my betting preview as well. And then we have Bet365. Bet365 are eight places each way of 50 odds and have some extremely juicy player odds. Um, I will go through the odds with Bet365 in a short while. So yeah, Bet365, eight places each way of 50 odds. They are extremely... In fact, they're the best this year in 2022 for golf player odds. We recommend them here on the Golf Betting System podcast. Uh, if you're 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current Bet £10. Get £50 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that promotion in the podcast description. All of those new customer sign-up offers, full terms and conditions, of course, available at Golf Bank System. So, Boyles, 11. We've got William Hill, 9 places and that top 10 guarantee. And if you're outside of that top 10, bet 365, eight places each way, a 50 odds, and they are very, very good on price. So you're getting those extra places and that balance with top market prices with bet 365. Okay, let's quickly go through the top 12 in the market. John Rahm is an 11 to 1 chance with bet 365. JT at 12s. We have Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, and Dustin Johnson at 16s. Colin Morikawa at 18s. We then have Jordan Spieth, Victor Hovland, Brooks Kepka, and Rory McIlroy at 20s. And we also have Xander and Patrick Cantlay at 22 to 1. The prices then jump to 35 to 1 for Will Zalatoris. Right, let's do this slightly differently to the podcast that never got recorded in the first place. What are your views, boys, across the top 12 in the market? The big names. Who, who do you kind of fancy? Who could you make a case against? Just Let's just run through some of these big names for the listeners. Well... I, I think if you were to have a concerted effort here, you could probably make a case for absolutely every one of them, um, which doesn't help anyone 
whatsoever. <laughs> Not really. Um, you know, you, John Rahm, just Justin Thomas has been backed off the boards, but quite rightly so. The former Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler this season, you know, you don't have to look far to to, to make make a case for those guys. Um, Dustin Johnson, if I was picking one out of those names today, um, DJ would probably be my pick, given the the fact that he can play windy conditions and. Um, we've seen him win at Augusta, albeit it was very different conditions in the November Masters, of course. Um, but it was soft, and you know, on a, a course that plays long, um, DJ is going to going to come to the fore. And you know, long and windy, um, absolutely. In in a player like like Dustin Johnson's wheelhouse, um, Rory Brooks, um, Victor Hovland at the start of the year was well at the back end of last year. He was winning all sorts, wasn't he? He's, I don't know. Where do you start with it? Where do you start, Barry? Somewhere around fifty to one. It's, <laughs> um, it, it's just so. Um, I, I think the bookies not having a clue feeds into us not having a clue, and it, it kind of the the cycle just uh, kind of keeps perpetuating. And looking at the top 10, 12 in the markets, they've all shown more than enough in their games to warrant being up there. Nobody seems to be completely standing out head and shoulders above the rest, which is what's led to this like weird blend of all of them being in that. Yeah, I mean, Bart, Bart, Ram, and JT. The rest, there's a whole like it's between sixteen to one and twenty-two to one. There, what like nine, ten guys there? Just yeah. quick scan. Yeah, I, and that is. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Um, not that I can remember, and it just we, we could. I can sit there and make a really strong argument for every one of them. Or completely blow them apart. And that's the thing that's kind of left me in a bit of a dilemma um, as to what to do with any of these guys. And I think it's kind of leading me towards maybe grabbing two or maybe three of them and just going with win-only bets on the mac- the best price I can get out there, whether that be through a bookie or on the exchange. Mm. Maybe monitoring the exchange for uh, a little while to, to yep. see if they get off to maybe a slightly slow start and their price drifts a little bit or... Um, it's just it, it's created confusion. The ones that I fancy the most out of the top um, would be Thomas, DJ, and Kepka. Yeah, yeah. Well, Thomas has been super, super popular, isn't he? But you, you can't you can't argue with Brooks's um, major pedigree, and you know we've talked about it a number of times. The the fact that he just peaks and uh, focuses on these big weeks as the as the targets for his uh, for his year and uh, mm. there've been some good signs um, good good signs you know so far this year without um, really suggesting that he's going to win a golf tournament but um, it's all about timing this get get your timing get you know peak for the peak for the right week as the, have the likes of Scotty Scheffler and uh, Cameron Smith peaked too early for the season they, you know they've, yeah. they've both done incredible stuff this year and great point Mm. I think that's a genuine point because when you just look at the form of people that win this, it doesn't tend to be people that have been ripping up and winning tournaments prior to the Masters. Apart from, of course, Tiger Woods. But Tiger Woods isn't any normal golfer and never was. The other thing I think that confuses it slightly, and we didn't actually mention this earlier, is this world number one situation. This is totally unique. We've never known anything like this. There's there's six of these guys. There's five guys that could become world number one. And Cam Smith could become world number one if he wins. Patrick Cantley and Victor Hovland can become world number one if they finish solo second and solo third. 
Colin Murakawa can become world number one if he gets a two-way tie third finish. And John Rahm, solo sixth or better. And I know that I just think it's difficult enough to win a major championship without having this world number one talk being rammed down your throat every time you sit there with a member of the media. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, that, that, that's going to be a huge narrative as well, isn't it? Later in the later in the tournament. You know, someone who's got that on and the line. Scotty Scheffler, in. you know, any any conversation with Scotty Scheffler is going to be, oh, you're the new world number one, Scotty, and da 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 mm. So there's six players there that are either the world number one or can become world number one this week with certain finishes. Yep. And for me, that was one of the reasons I didn't go for any of those six because I just think it's all too confusing in there for them mentally. Well, combine that with the fact that you, you're actually competing for the, for the Masters um, title as well, for the green yeah. jacket. Is, uh... Which is difficult enough to win on its own you know, on a golf course <laughs> that's blowing 25 mile an hour for three of the four days. Mm. I think that's emotional baggage. That's the way I would put it. Um, and amazingly enough, yeah, it's just yeah, I don't know. You've, you know, you can overanalyze this stuff, but they they that wasn't the main reason I didn't pick those guys. But I do like this idea about peaking. And you look at Scheffler, you look at Smith. They, you know, pretty much peaked. I would just suggest um, even Victor Hovland. He's played a lot of golf early this year. And he's been able to become world number one at quite a few tournaments. And I just and I, I look at these conditions, I look at the forecast, I look at the fact that, that you're going to need certain skill sets that I'm not sure Victor's got the full package. That mm. brings me on to, actually, what do you need to win here? Now, we haven't got strokes gain numbers because they tend to keep them a secret for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, the only major or PGA tournament that does that, I know it's not on the PGA Tour, but you get what I'm saying. So let's use the old traditional skill stats, yes. This is what re- what's been required to win around here over the last 11, uh, sorry, 12 renewals. So driving distance, field averages, uh, to a, a tournament skill field averages, driving distance 22nd, driving accuracy 29th in the field, greens in regulation 6th, scrambling 10th, putting average 13th. So... Again, this isn't what you tend to see at a usual PGA Tour event. Greens in regulation, absolutely critical this week, as is scrambling. And when you're seeing this forecast and all of this wind around the topography and the tree-lined fairways of Augusta, I think scrambling and knowing where to miss and patience and knowledge, which you can all throw into that scrambling stat, is going to be vital this week. And that kind of put my, begrudgingly, because I did want to include him, I did want to include him, but that put my pen through Victor Hovland because his around the green game, as we know, has got limitations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to need some short game this week, I think, because there's going to be lots of greens missed, or, or relatively more greens missed than, uh, than a normal year if that wind is blowing, as it suggests. Right, so let's, go, let's start going through some selections. At the top, I went for Justin Thomas. I managed to get 14 to 1 on him yesterday, Monday, as I was releasing this. His best price right now is 12 to 1, available at William Hill, nine places each way. 
I got 14 to 1 with William Hill. Whatever way you look at this from a 360 view, his game fits perfectly for Augusta National. He can play in the win. He can play in technical scoring events. I can remember uh, Justin Thomas. I was on board that particular year, winning the Honda Classic, and it was blowing an absolute hoolie at uh, PDA National, as it tends to do there. So it's not as if the guy can't grind Justin Thomas. Um, I'm just quickly looking here. He won the Players' Championship at 14 under. The WGC FedEx St. Jude at 13. He's won the Honda Classic at 8. And I can also remember him over in South Korea winning the CJ Cup at 9 under par. He won the PGA Championship in 2017 at 8 under par. So there's single-digit technical scoring assignment victories there. And the other thing that swings it with me on JT is... Yeah, you know, clearly his numbers are pretty good all the time. Although earlier this year they weren't so great, but they've started to peak. Uh, across my eight-week trackers, he's third in this field for off the tee, which tends to be his weakness. Fifth for approach, first for tee to green, 14th around the green, short game, fourth for current form. Uh, he had a fourth here in 2020 when it was um, a lot lower scoring. But I just think the X factor this week could be Bones Mackay. Jim Bones Mackay, Phil Mickelson's caddy, now on the bag for JT. He has won around here. I know he doesn't hit the shots, but he's been part of the winning team here three times, plus eight top five finishes. And I think there's another, you can add another three or four top tens on top of those top fives and wins. So if there's anyone that you can look at and turn to and say, caddy, what do you think the win's doing? What shot do you think we need to play? Where's the miss? Where's all this information? Jim Bones Mackay knows this place perfectly. So yeah, JT for me on the top. 14 to 1, William Hill. I am on him. The other one out of those, uh, I must admit it was a toss-up with the DJ in there. But I've gone for Brooks Kepka. I just loved what I read a few months ago from Brooks saying that he was embarrassed about being 20th in the world. And he related that to... Do you know what the, the thing that I found amazing about Brooks Kepka? Bearing in mind, that guy was pretty much walking around on one leg from much of last season. Yeah. Yeah. He was an absolute wreck of a golfer physically. And you listen to this. These are his major results last year. He missed the cut at the Masters. He finished second in that windswept PGA Championship at Kiowa Island. He came fourth at the US Open and sixth at the Open Championship. And the guy was a physical wreck. Yeah, yeah. Well, he lifts his game. And we've seen it time and time again. And it would surprise no one to see him right in the mix again this week. He just loves these big events and loves the loves the battle of a major championship. Uh, he was he's seventy eight under for the oh sorry he's ninety two under in all major championships since twenty sixteen. Dustin Johnson ranks second there at minus twenty eight. I apologise for using that stack because I know that every single pundit's going to use it. But the other thing I did notice with Kepka, 
They had a windy renewal here in 2019. There was quite a lot of wind around. Let me just verify this as we're recording. No, it wasn't 19. It must have been 20. It just, yeah, there was a, there was a windy round four in 2020. He was right up there with the leaders there. Um, I think he shot a 70 in the final round. But he, I just get the feeling with, with Kepka, he peaks for the big events and where he's been knocked off his pedestal in terms of the big dog, I think he's going to peak for this. And he was top for greens in regulation last time out of the Valspar and then he made the quarterfinals, of course, of the world match play. I think he picked up... Uh, he, clearly, they don't do this deliberately, but I just thought... I kept saying to you guys, please, Brooks, please, Brooks, don't get to the, please don't get to the semis and start ruining your prize completely for Augusta. <laughs> and he got knocked out by DJ. So um, DJ needed an extra run, didn't he? I think DJ needed that for his own, mm. just for his own psyche. So yeah. I'm on Kepka at twenties with William Hill. I'm just looking at his best price right now on Kepka. You can still get twenties at William Hill, nine places each way. So there's not a lot of love for him in the market. So that's fair enough. The other one I've gone for the top, and this is more of a saver bet, less stake, one and a half points. But when I'm thinking crappy weather, when I'm thinking magic of Augusta, when I'm thinking razor sharp short game, knowing where to miss, and just a player that looks horribly out of form that then starts gravitating in really hard, horrible tournaments, you just got to look at Jordan Spieth. <laughs> so I got 20 to 1 on Spieth. Again, William Hill yesterday, nine places each way. I'm looking at Spieth's price right now. Uh, I'm seeing actually 22 to 1 with Betfred. So they're lengthening his price at Betfred, eight places each way. Uh, you also get 22 to 1 with William Hill. So no one's fancying Spieth whatsoever. I expect they're looking at their spreadsheets and thinking that his numbers aren't really that good, which would probably be the case. But the one thing I will say with um, uh, Spieth, he was sixth for greens in regulation in, in Texas last week. Uh, he was also eighth for scrambling and he was first for strokes gained tee to green. Uh, of course, the putter was absolutely abysmal. But if anyone's going to find the putter and a short game, it's Spieth around Augusta where he's finished mm. second, first, second, 11th, third, 21st and third last year. He just knows how to navigate his way around there, doesn't he? And yeah, those the long, the long game numbers last week were spectacular. Um, you, you can't, deny that and yeah Spieth is that kind of player that well, we know how good he can putt yet last week the putting stats were you know yeah. were dire and the long game stats were fantastic and he, if he comes to this course where he knows how to navigate around he knows how to win um, he knows how to contend um, and the putter is even neutral let's let, let, let's say he strokes yeah, neutral, game neutral yeah. um, for the week mm -hmm. if he plays from tee to green like he did last week He's going to go mighty, mighty close. Yeah, I think Mighty, so. mighty close. I'm just checking Sergio Garcia's record, you know, when he was coming into here in 2017 in terms of what he was doing, just tee to green. Mm. Yeah, it was so... I Sergio's bet you he wasn't tearing the light up with a, with a putter. Here you go. <laughs> this is the build-up yeah. for Garcia's win in 17. 49th at the Genesis, lost six strokes on the green. Ranked 70th for strokes game putting. He went to the Honda Classic, four, finished 14th, fourth for tee to green. He, he lost over two strokes on the greens, ranked 60. See, this is what I'm saying. 
putting awfully. Did okay at Mexico. He, he gained 0.4 of a stroke on the greens, and then he comes and wins the Masters. After, of course, you remember, he got he lost all of his three group matches at the World yep. Match Play, came and won the Masters in very similar conditions to what we're going to see this week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, more about survival than a putting contest this week. I think so. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, that's my call at the top, chaps. Spieth, Kepka, and Thomas. Now, what's also very noticeable here, and this is going to really bring us to where you guys, I know, are building your cards. Matsuama won here at 45 to 1. Woods at 16s, but then we've got the likes of Reed at 55s, Garcia at 45s in a very similar renewal with the weather-wise. Willett was 66s. Watson 28s, Scott 28s, Watson 55s, Charles Svartzel 90 to 1. So you've effectively got a tranche there. Anything around 28 to 1 up to 66 to 1. If one of the big names isn't going to win it, that would suggest that that 28 to 66 to 1 juicy uh, area of the betting is where your winner's going to come from. Mm. So yeah. over to you guys. Who who do you fancy in this mid pack? Darn Barry, I know you've got one in the uh, one that we're all on in the middle there. The big one, yeah. So so he popped in my head a few weeks ago when he when Straka won and Larry was it was a little bit unlucky um, with the timing of the downpour, but uh, yeah, you got to tip the cap to Straka. He was awesome um, in his finish. So, but just watching the way Shane was swinging, looked like he had like that real freedom in the swing the ball flight was um was stunning to watch and he just seemed to have that control um he's saying great things about his game as as, as steve said on the podcast before that that there will never be he looks happy um and coupled with the fact that uh, his numbers at the moment are just off the charts um he's was he steve he's number one in your rolling eight week strokes gain total uh, yeah, yeah. So that 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 says a lot. Um, he's that basically says over the last eight weeks, from a strokes game perspective, he's been the very best in the world. Yeah, and 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 matching that in, like as part of that, he's second in strokes gained tee to green, and that's just going to get him into a good spot a lot more often than other guys. And matching that in with just needing to be a bit patient this week and just tick those pars off and grab the occasional birdie and, and avoid the, the catastrophes. I think yeah. that all kind of ma- matches up quite nicely. So Avoid, I, avoid those triples. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're not so good. Um, so I, I backed him on the exchange last week and I'm just figuring out the best combo of uh, price and place places to, to add a bookies bet as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we're all in agreement, aren't we? Because I know, I know yeah. you've put him up, Steve, on your preview yeah. yesterday. I'm on him as well, um, 45 to 1. Uh, that was yesterday with Bet365. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking. Uh, he took a hammering yesterday. The best I'm seeing on the board right now is Bet Victor, who've got this awful six places each way, um, uh, each way proposition. Interestingly enough, Betfred have just given um, extended out to forty to one on Bet on Lowry with eight places, as have Bet three six five. Yeah, and you know, 
given how given how he's playing, given how he describes the state of his game is himself, given how um, visually you can see how much he's in control of the game, and and uh, you're you've got a far keener eye than either Steve or I, Barry. But uh, you've mentioned how you've been impressed with um, with how he's swinging the club at the moment. It's um, I, I, that's the surprise that's got to be taken, I think. Mm. And coupled that with the the you know the oncoming European you know type conditions of you know temperature yeah. and wind, yeah, you know you've no questions over Larry performing in the wind. No. Do you reckon no. Bryce? Do you reckon Bryson's looking forward to the conditions? Looking at how he's been playing the last two weeks, I reckon Bryson is my fade of the week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, hallelujah. Any of these guys that have got any kind of niggling injuries, um, if you're talking about, you know, there's going to be a massive noise about Tiger quite rightly this week, you know, and he's out there, he's backable, sixty to one with, um, with three six five with eight places. There's longer prices if you want to go all the way down to five each way. Um, If these guys that have got any kind of lingering injuries, that um, if you're going out in four degree temperatures over the weekend. It's, it's you know, how how are you going to limber up? How are you going to get warm? How are you going to um, in, enjoy the round of golf? Um, it's, I, I, I don't see it. I really don't see it. You know, and the the Bryson's, the the Paul Cases with his back, with the, you know the the, the Matsuyamas who's got uh, the, the the various guys that are carrying an injury of some description. Um, you know, there's a few you can start to put a line through, or tentatively put a line through if you can. Uh, you can do that at the Masters. You know the player in this range that's clearly going to um, probably. Well, I say probably. Just the way that we know golf works, and we know the way that this guy works, and we, you know, we've got this ongoing relationship with Paul Casey. You, uh, Barry, and I more than you, Paul. Even though you learnt to your cost at the World Match Play. The one guy that will tip vinegar all over your chips or over our chips and will be a factor and none of us have got a penny or euro on him is Paul Gacy. Mr. Backspasm. All of a sudden he's going to be looking fit, fresh, frisky. He'll be banging it to three foot, missing a putt. Then he'll make a big 30 footer on the next hole. And I guarantee you Paul Gacy will be in the mix come Sunday afternoon. Because that's just Paul Casey. He'll certainly be fresh after that debacle at the uh, match play. I'll give him that. When he when he brought down about thirty five percent of all the DraftKings teams, no one will be on him this week, and he, you just know he's going to be a feature. He'll finish sixth. He like his win. I mean, yeah. for me, his win equity in big tournaments is just agree. But is dust is dust. Okay, Agreed. so. So if you approach it like that, you're then backing somebody who, let's say, call it 45 to 1, for example, or even call it a 50 to 1. So you're getting a a 10 to 1 place return. Mm -hmm. And that's if he's he's fit, with all the question marks over it. Yeah. You're you're throwing the win section of the better way, aren't you? I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of the guy. Um, Something about... his gait or his attitude or his interviews or something just doesn't sync up with uh, me. So I just, if he goes and wins, whatever, I don't care. Like I'm not putting money on him. I can't, I can't root for him. It's like, it's like bad. It's like backing the team you're playing, your football team is playing against. 
it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't cover the 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 hedge of losing the match or you know if, if Casey wins it just doesn't it just doesn't just doesn't do it for me. So can we move on from talking about him? And like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. so, somebody in that range who should arguably go quite well this week in the tricky conditions. Um, but one I would say probably ha- is analogous to Casey and that his win equity is probably a little bit compromised with Matt Fitzpatrick. But he'll be very popular this week. Quite rightly. Matt Fitzpatrick, I'll get this out there. I'm here to be shot down. Matt Fitzpatrick does not have the raw materials to win a green jacket. However, he does have the raw materials and the skill sets to get you an each-way return and a top 10 finish, especially when the weather's so crappy. I mean, he could, he's, he's probably going to be a pretty decent, chalky DraftKings play if he can build a team that does it has a little bit of counter-chalk in there. So, yeah. <laughs> I just I'm just not going to back him um, no. with a with just with a, with an each way bet. Just not for me. No, I don't think he can win the Masters. Um, I think that the conditions bring his probability of being a contender or place contender far more to the front because mm. we just know he's been hitting his irons well. He plays well on tree line golf courses. He's a bit of a tactician, and his short game is magic. Yeah. Oh, and you got the Billy Foster factor in there as well. Yeah. Um mm. yeah, on the on the DP World Tour, the European Tour as it was, he's won a number of events on what you'd classify as long courses as well. It's you know, he's not the longest off the tee, but he finds a way to perform well on the longer tracks on the circuit. Um I yeah, I, I there, there are worse bets out there, I think, and there are worse DraftKings plays, I think, because he's been playing mm. some lovely stuff as well. Agreed. We all agree on that. Okay, for an each-way punt. The one I've gone for in this region is T- T2 Tony Finau. The top 10 machine. Top 10 major machine. He's been awful this year. He's been absolutely abysmal as T2 Tony. You think it through. A guy that's knocked on the door in his career so, so many times, he finally got that breakout win at the Northern Trust in the late summer of last year. The whole golfing and betting community were patting him on the back. This is amazing. This is fantastic. We all loved it. Quite rightly. And then his game fell off a cliff. It was almost kind of it was almost kind of gonna always happen like that, wasn't it? But he's been bad this year. Very, very bad. There hasn't been a lot to say about him results wise, although his statistics you know, he'll have a great week with the driver. The putt was ice cold. He has a great week with his approach play. The driving's terrible and nothing's kind of matched together. There were some signs last week, though, with, with Finau. 17th off the tee for strokes gain. 12th for approach, which I really liked. He was 4th for greens in regulation, which I'm really starting to like for Augusta. And last week was tough. It was testing. It was windy for a chunk of that. He was 15th. Uh, he hit 15 of 18 greens on Sunday, which was the best of anybody in the field last week. So we, he's walking here with just a little bit more confidence, I think. And we know bent grass, far better than Bermuda yeah. grass by a country mile. And as you said, Paul, last 15 majors, four top fives, nine, and then of that, he's also had nine top tens. So nine top tens. Of those nine top tens, four were top fives. Mm. So when I'm getting him at 50 to 1 yesterday, 10 places each way with Paddy Power. So I think you're going to need all of those places. 
Yeah. Um, I'm not suggesting Finau wins this, but I would rather him at 50 to 1 with 10 places than at 60 to 1 with Bet Victor at 6 places. Because mm. I want all of those additional four spots on Finau. But his record here, you mm-hmm. said as well, Barry, his record is decent. Take away the um, the not so good performance that he had in November here. Hasn't he had two top 10s and a top 12 or something? Two, no, 10th, 10th, and a 5th. Not not in chronological <laughs> order, but like wow. two top 10s and, and a 5th, like in, in the three April Masters that, that he's played. That is mad. Uh, with a little bit of with a little bit of uh, light on his game last, you know, particularly last week. Mm. That's and you can and you can root for Tony Fino. Now you'll cry when it all falls apart, but you can root for him and enjoy the yeah. bet. So, yeah, yeah, likable guy. Isn't here you go. Saying? I'm using some of Paul's fantastic uh, sheets here that are completely free of charge off of the homepage at Golf Betting System. Average score at Augusta, right? Will Zalatoris, is sixty nine point seven five. He's only played here once. John Rahm seventy point three. Jordan Spieth seventy point four four. Tony Finau seventy point six three. And then Tiger Woods seventy point eight six. So he's sitting. Take Zalatoris out. He's played here once. He's sitting third for average scoring at Augusta. Tony Finau from four appearances: a tenth, a fifth. 38th in November, 10th. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah. 50 to 1. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, and you, you could quite reasonably see him finding his way into that top 10 and, uh, and yeah, rewarding each way backers accordingly. Just to firm up his price for listeners right now, he is a 60 to 1 chance with Bet Victor and their awful six places each way offering. He is 55 to 1 with Bet 365, eight places each way. Right, that's my selections. I will mention one triple-digit selection ongoing, um, but that's pretty much me done. Over to you guys. Yeah, well, I've got one more of that kind of range before I go into the triple digits, so I'll give you that first. Mm -hmm. Um, Taking this difficult kind of single-digit winning score narrative to to the nth degree, I've backed Patrick Reid at 80-1. to Um, I backed him here when he won back in 2018. Um, I know he's not the most popular of players for... A plethora of reasons, but um, I, in terms of betting, I'm not going to let that affect my judgment with this. Um, 31st in the world at the moment, so fine. He's just outside of that kind of top 30 narrative that's uh, that is banded about a lot in terms of the last 12 winners here. Um, 26th at the Players' Championship recently, 68 on Saturday, put him in a half-decent spot, putting well again, which I like. Perfect um, short game for a testing Augusta National this week as well. Tougher the better for Patrick. Um, we go back to the Butterfield Bermuda Championship back in late October. He was second there in some tough windy conditions and um, he tends to find a way to get himself around these courses when the going does, does get tough. So, yeah. um, grinder. Yeah, 80 to 1. Yeah, he's a grinder. Absolutely. He's very similar to Jordan Spieth. He's almost mm. Jordan Spieth's kind of junior. Yep, yep, yep. And, you know, 80-1, to if he gets a place there, fifth of the odds, you're talking about the equivalent of a win for one of the guys towards the top of the market. So I'm happy to play that way for my card this week. Um, So, yeah, other than some free figures, that's that's where I am. Barry, you got any others in that bracket? I have a couple here, yeah. So uh, Gary Woodland, backed him last week. We nearly got our place money back with um, with the tie. But mm. doing a lot, you know, doing a lot of good things. Um, the game's 
really coming back to where it was um, or close enough to where it was back when he won the US Open. Um, looks to be injury-free, great wind player. Um, you know, question mark over the driver and the catastrophic one that creeps in every now and again. But you know, Augusta's can be wide enough to to offset that a little bit. Yeah, and it's just you know enough time has passed since since that big win at the U.S. Open, and there's a win. It feels like there's a win coming somewhere soon. Um, yeah. whether it's here or not is is the question. But uh, I took him at sixty six to one with eleven places. Because no. his Augusta record is not sensational. So I was happy to grab those extra places. Yep. I do have the, the counterbalance to that with um, an exchange bet where I got him at uh, 150s before the last weekend. So that mm. kind of offsets the lower um, the lower price with the bookie bet. So Gary mm. Woodland. And then in, in again, in that region uh, of the odds, I backed Max Homa and I took him 11 places, 80 to 1. So I mm. could have had 100 to 1, 8 places with 365. But uh, Max's record at Augusta reads two missed cuts. So if he makes the cut, then it's his first time getting there and I kind of want those extra few places for him. Yeah. Uh, Max, Max is playing some unbelievable golf, probably some of the best golf uh, of his career. Um, well, maybe yeah, without the win this year. Now he's won one of the Riviera, which is analogous to to Augusta, and he just seems to add another piece to the puzzle as he's progressing through the last two three years and uh, and figuring it out uh, one bit at a time. And I th- I think Augusta's a, a you know his possibly his next step or the one in his mind could be the next step to figure out Augusta and, and get into contention there because his game is more than good enough and he's got that kind of grind in him that I think will work quite well this week with yeah. the conditions and and so Max has made my my roster I, uh, top if I look at the last eight weeks total strokes gain current form Homer is six six in this field. So basically mm. sixth in the world. Cam Smith, five. JT, four. Hatton, three. We haven't mentioned him. Two is Scotty Scheffler. Number one, Super Shane Lowry. Mm. He played some great stuff, Homer. I'll tell you what else came out in an interview I was listening to last night in bed, because that's the kind of way that I roll. He came off the course <laughs> and he said that he's now working with a new putting coach. He mentioned because he said that he's so happy with his tee to green game clearly, but he just wants to get more consistent with the putter because some weeks he's great, other weeks he's abysmal. He just wants to get more competitive and consistent with the putter, which in his own words will then take him towards the world's top 10. That's what exactly he said yesterday walking off the course. Mm. It's good that he's got a plan. Mm. Well, you just said, didn't you, Barry? Just building pieces of the puzzle slowly but surely, Max Homer. Mm, good player. Right. I'm going to throw one in here as well. Yeah, at these kind of triple digit prices, but low triple digits. Barry did mention to me him to us off mic. I don't know if he was going to put him up, but I'll put him up anyway. So Barry might be on him as well. Um, I'm seeing 100 to 1, 10 places each way on Thomas Peters. 
And when I look at the 2017, um, 36 holes. So this golf course was soft and it was windy. And four under was leading going into Saturday back here in 2017. Sergio Garcia was at four under. Ricky Fowler was at four under. Charlie Hoffman and one Thomas Peters shared the lead going into Sunday at the Masters. And that was his course debut. In 2017, you also had the likes of Justin Rose tucked in there, Ram, Freddie Couples, <laughs> Jordan Spieth, Adam Scott. So yeah, I think Peters. I th I'm actually seeing him I, again. I would take every single place on someone like Peters. I'm seeing him 125 to one with bet three, six, five, eight places. But personally, I, I would take the hundred to one, ten places on Thomas Peters as an each way mm. pump. Yeah, he's been playing some good stuff on the. Uh... DP World Tours. Uh, he has, hasn't he? Didn't he so win? Far this year. Didn't he win one? Is it Abu Dhabi? He won? Abu Dhabi, yeah, which yeah. is a Rolex Series event. So uh, that was in, that was in decent company, and um, yeah, he's he's the kind of player that you can see progressing um, to you know kind of a top twenty in the world position. If he can get some consistency in his game, which he seems to be starting to build to build at the moment, then that's the kind of level that I think you can uh, can aspire to. So. Uh, Interesting to see how he goes this week, and of course over the rest of this week, uh, this, this this season as well. I know that you've got three in this triple digit area because you you did a you had your own um, long shots piece that went out yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you want the full rationale for my three longer prices, which I'll go through in a second, then uh, pop along to the site. There's a long shots page on there. But yeah, I backed uh, firstly Jason Kokrak at 125 to one with eight places each way. That was available at both pa um, at both uh, Betfred and uh, Bet365. Now Kokrak kind of follows this um, technical scoring narrative again um, to a certain degree. It's been a little bit off the boil in 2022, but um, I mean, this is a guy who's won three of his last 37 solo starts. And you can add to that the QBE shootout that he won in December with Kevin Nye. He's playing some cracking stuff uh, overall, Jason Kokrak. Um, sits inside the top 30 in the world, so ticks that box. His last two wins, Colonial at 14 under, Houston was 10 under. So um, I expect the scoring will be a little bit deeper than that this week, or a little bit um, higher than that this week, so maybe 8, 10 under, something like that. But that, that's ideal, I think, ideal prep for this kind of scoring this week. He's long enough off the tee, averages 304, likes attacking the par fives, good going for green. Um, averages both this year and last inside the top 30 on that count and both the last two years. Eighth after day one at Augusta last year. Got his full four rounds in last year. I think he can build on that experience this year, Jason Kokrak. Mm -hmm. uh, Luke List, who I mentioned in the preview podcast, um, he was going great guns when we recorded the preview podcast and that's uh, my mention of him there. I backed him on the exchange at the time, kind of put, put a dampener on his performance last week. So he finished down the field in 53rd or thereabouts, I think, in the end. Um, but a good flash of form, I think. Um, also like the fact that he won at Torrey Pines in January um, and you can talk about yeah. players such as Patrick Reed, Baba Feel, uh, Tiger Woods umpteen times, winners round Torrey Pines, so yeah. in good company there in terms of correlation to Augusta National. Lives in Augusta as well. Now, I've played here once as an amateur back in 2005, finished 33rd, which is no mean feat as an amateur to make the cut and to finish, well, would have been way ahead of a lot of the, um, mm. lot of the pros that week. 
And, um, you know, going back to that um, preview podcast that we talked about, he ticks the box pretty much a full house on those key factors that we discussed. So yes. 15th for, for distance to apex, 12th for going for green, 24th for strokes gain approach, 35th for the path for birdie or better stats. So mm. um, 140 to one, I backed him out eight places each way to top up on the, um, the exchange bet that I had. I do like his chances this week, loot list, I must say. Um, and the final one, again, I do like his chances. 225 to one, eight places each way with 365. I've backed Lucas Herbert, who seems to be well off the bookies radar at the moment, but it ticks an awful lot of boxes for me. Um, he's a debutant, and of course... We know about the um, the stat that's reeled out every year, the Fuzzy Zeller last debutant winner. I get that. I understand that. I understand that the debutant's going to be um, priced accordingly um, to a certain degree. But um, even so, if you look at his performances and his raw stats, fourth, I make him in this field for strokes game putting on bent grass greens. Um, sixth in terms of distance to apex, which is another one of those key stats from the preview pod. Uh, 24, 25th rather for going for green greens hit so actually finding the putting surfaces after uh, after an aggressive drive and approach into the par fives or drivable par fours I like that because that shows some intent on a course where you're going to need to make a score on the par fives um, won the 2020 Dubai Desert Classic now we're talking about uh, Danny Willett historically um, Sergio Garcia both those guys won the Dubai Desert Classic prior to winning the Masters, and if you go back further in history, there's a whole number of um, ex-Dubai Desert Classic winners who've either won or gone close at the Masters over the years. And I mentioned that Butterfield Bermuda Championship in October a second ago with reference to Patrick Reed. He won that. Lucas Herbert won that tournament. It was tricky. I remember that. It was it was windy conditions, Awful. wasn't it? It was... It was it, it was a proper test, and he came out on top of that. And uh, yeah, he held off a very fast finishing Patrick Reed that week. So, um, and that was not so long ago. You know, we're talking five, six months ago. So, two hundred and twenty-five to one about a player who's um, who's on the up in the world. I think is worth taking as an each way punt. I've just maximised our wind positive variable on our predictor model this week for the Masters poll. Mm. And as you know, this is. Uh, this is performances in the wind across the last five years. Dustin Johnson ranks out number one. Luke List ranks number two. That's pretty like mad. Like it. But we've said all along, haven't we? Luke List, a bomber that has an amazingly good short scrambling around the green game. Cannot putt. Yep. And uh, can sleep in his own bed this week. Exactly. I can see people nibbling away at his price, mate. He's as short as seventy-five to one with Coral and Ladbrokes at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, mm. I think he can make the frame. I really do. Yeah. Something quite quite astonishing by maxing out that I'm looking at it here is that Shane Larry does not feature in the top twenty-five. He doesn't, and and we all think he's an absolute genius at it. So, so yeah. it's an interesting one. Yeah, it's, it's funny because you, if you've listened to Shane in an interview, he'd much rather play in placid, sunny conditions, wouldn't he? Rather than these, uh, you know, the 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 whole wind, rain swept um, events that uh, he gets uh, he, he gets put up for. But uh, he will have a massive experience in those conditions. Which, mm. when it's cold, when it's wet, when it's 
when it's windy, um, some players simply won't be able to perform, and I'm sure Shane can. I see Gary no, Wood there would. in fifth. He is, yeah. I think we all like playing in like calm and sunny conditions. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think your yeah. you, your point is perfect, though, Paul. It's about like whether you can just mentally be resilient enough to yeah. battle through it and and not just eject. Mm. I think there'll be plenty of ejections this week, mate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. Any more for you, Barry? I know you mentioned the first round leader bet in our aborted first podcast. Oh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a little bet on Harrington. You are, um, yeah, 150 to one, eight places with Boyles right now. Uh, I'm sure the markets for first round leader are going to get um, developed a little bit better uh, once the 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 tea times are released later on today. Um, yeah. But yeah, I couldn't resist 150 to one, eight places for somebody who got off to a hot start last week on the Champions Tour. What is your ETA, Paul, in terms of your first round leader piece, when's that likely to hit the site? Yeah, for I expect that'll be I expect that'll be mid morning um, UK time, maybe ten, eleven o'clock, something like that, on Wednesday morning. Yeah. Um, given the forecast and given the scope for change, um, I think it's prudent to uh, to, yeah. to go relatively late with that. But uh, that will still give everyone twenty four hours plus to uh, to make their minds up. I think on the first round leaders. So brilliant. Yeah. Pop along to the site or keep an eye on my Twitter um, in the morning and uh, see what I think. One last thing to say to our fantastic listeners, especially a lot of the newbies, is our Bet365 sponsored majors competition. So you just want to quickly spend 30 seconds on that before Mm. we go, Paul. Yeah, um, very simple. It's a a four selection, one and done. I want a name for each of the four majors, one one for the Masters, one for the USPGA, one for the US Open, one for the Open Championship, four different names. Uh, we create uh, an internal leaderboard based on the dollar earnings of those players that you pick for the respective major championship. Um, we publish a leaderboard overall so you can see how you're performing and the winner gets £150 or currency equivalent in cash. Um, second place £75, third place £25 um, and you can enter via Twitter, you can enter via email, you can enter via the big thread on our Facebook group as well. Um, so there's plenty of angles to, to get an entry in. I'm sure we can post the uh, details and rules, terms, conditions, blah, blah, blah on the... Uh, podcast description for this podcast so yeah, get involved do, yeah. I'll, I'll put a link there into it as well brilliant mm. so get your get your interest in for that why wouldn't you it's free of charge right I think that's us for the uh, for the Masters 2022 chaps good luck with yeah. your bets yeah looking forward to it good luck chaps you too boys we're all on the same guy so let's toast Shane's <laughs> winning fingers crossed I hope the listeners bets go well um And that's us, yeah. We'll be back next week for the RBC Heritage, which is the post-Augusta PGA Tour action. It's been a blast. I hope you enjoy the 2022 Masters as much as we will, especially if some of our players are in the mix. And we'll see you again next week. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved all the stats and the tips and so much more cause it's the golf betting system the golf